Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number eight wide receiver start-or-sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We're going to be going in-depth through every single matchup of the week eight slate from Thursday Night Football all the way until Monday Night Football, and I'll be telling you guys whether I think you should start or sit the receivers in every single matchup. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number eight wide receiver start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Buffalo Bills right now might be the most down-bad team in the NFL. Now, this is a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, and they are flopping like a fish out of water right now. They lose to division rival the Patriots. They win a nail-biter against a Giants team that they probably should have lost to. And the game prior to that, in London, they lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So while they're 1-2 in the last three games, essentially, they've lost three straight, right? The mind of Bills fans right now is wandering, and this is a good spot for the Bills to bounce back. But I still have my qualms here with the Bills offense. Now, despite the Buffalo Bills being down astronomical and despite the fact that Josh Allen hasn't been able to consistently move the football effectively... Stefan Diggs has been a top 13 wide receiver in five straight games. And that is because that it feels like Stefan Diggs at points is the only motherfucker out there because he's the only guy that Josh Allen is feeding the ball to. And it's great for Stefan Diggs' fantasy value, but it isn't working the best for the Buffalo Bills. But even if somehow this game goes belly up, right, the Buffalo Bills somehow get railroaded in this spot, Baker Mayfield goes nuclear, and the Bills have no answer, I still think that Stefan Diggs has the upside to be the number one wide receiver. This feels like the game where they turn it around but I also thought that last week against the Patriots the other Bills receivers like Gabe Davis now Gabe Davis before this kind of downward spiral of the Bills offense was looking really solid but he's finished outside the top 80 at the wide receiver position in back-to-back -back weeks I love Gabe Davis but until the Bills actually figure it out I don't think you can trust him enough to start him Deontay Hardy one of the few other wide receivers that the Buffalo Bills use if you can't trust Gabe then you certainly cannot trust Deontay Hardy for the Buccaneers Mike Evans did have a bit of a cool off period over the last two games but he returned to form last week up against the Atlanta Falcons the Buffalo Bills defense is 100% banged up and not the same defense that we saw lock up my Miami Dolphins offense so this team can't really stop a nosebleed at this point they made Mac Jones look like prime Patrick Mahomes out there so I trust Evans with supreme confidence as a start this week Chris Godwin is currently dealing with a neck injury and that is something to monitor all week long up to Thursday as he could be limited come Thursday night football but if he does play I'm certainly not as confident in him as I am with Mike Evans 
but it would be hard to believe that this game ends with Godwin completely sucking ass unless he is really that hurt. So based upon what I know right now, definitely starting Evans, Godwin, and Stefan Diggs. Trey Palmer, the other receiver for the Bucks, is a sit. He has shown flashes on the field, but isn't involved enough with so many good players on this offense. It's kind of like with Cade Otten, how you can't really trust them because they have Evans, Godwin, and Rashad White. But... If you threw Kate Otten on some other team or you gave Trey Palmer more opportunities, I think he could truly shine. Next up, we move to the second game, beginning with the Sunday slate, the LA Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Cooper Cup is an obvious start. I know Nick Cooper Cup shit the bed last week, and he's the reason why I lost. I get it, right? Didn't have a great game, but prior to that, he was a top 12 receiver in back-to-back weeks. There is zero reason to sound the alarms here for Cooper Cup. I am still starting him with supreme confidence. I get this isn't a wet dream matchup, right? This isn't a matchup that will make you salivate going up against the Dallas Cowboys, but at the end of the day, Cooper Cup is that fucking good that it shouldn't matter. Puka Nakua was a top five receiver last week against the Steelers. Now, again, this is not the best matchup, but it would appear, even with Cooper Cup fully healthy, that Nakua will be getting so much volume week in and week out that you just have to start him again. I am just as confident in Nakua as I am in Cup. These are two guys that are must-start regardless of the matchup, assuming that Stafford is able to stay healthy for the rest of the season. Knock on wood, we don't root for injuries. Now, Tutu Atwell did end up scoring a touchdown last week on one of his two targets, but with Cup and Nakua there, you cannot start him. For the Dallas Cowboys, C.D. Lamb finally showed up in what feels like the first time in forever. Like my name was goddamn Elsa from Frozen prior to the bye up against the Chargers with seven receptions for 117 yards. Now, I think the Rams' defense is a bit overrated. I wouldn't say that this is a team that's defense is bottom of the barrel or something like that. I would never say that, but Definitely think the Rams' defense isn't as ferocious as a lot of people probably think. I'm going to continue to start Lamb. I was starting him through the trials and tribulations all season. Something that does scare me is Dak Prescott's play, but ultimately Lamb should see enough targets to negate that. Brandon Cooks, as well as Michael Gallup, are going to be sits for me. Now, it seems like Cooks is the clear number two receiver on the Cowboys right now since Gallup couldn't even catch a goddamn cold, but I wouldn't start him with Dak being so inconsistent. And then, like I said with Cooks for Michael Gallup, Gallup, this man just has fucking stone hands right now. Next up, we move to the cold like Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. The Vikings upsetting the San Francisco 49ers in a big way on Monday Night Football. Justin Jefferson throwing the chain on Kirko Chains at the end of the game, stating that he's a top 10 quarterback. Now, would I tell you that he's like a lock to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL? Like, there's definitely some arguments to be made, but I don't think it's a crazy thing to say, right? I was on X Twitter that I finally got unbanned from. I was seeing people talk about how he's not, there's like no debate. He's not a top 10 quarterback, which I think is just a little crazy. Like, again, I'm not here to give the gawk gawk 9,000 to Kirk Cousins, but I definitely think you can make an argument that he's a top 10 quarterback with, especially how inconsistent the quarterbacks have been in the NFL this season. So speaking of inconsistency, Jordan Love might have tricked us. He might have put, he might have pulled the wool over our eyes, right? He starts off the season, Jordan Love me tender, love me sweet. But recently, he has been some, it's been some tough love with Jordan Love. And 
That leads me to a point where up against a Vikings defense that I don't think is very good. A lot of people were just basically playing Brian Flores' skin flute after the game, saying he should be a head coach. As a Dolphins fan, I don't think so, but, you know, he's a good defensive mind. Jordan Love is in a slump. And with how shit Jordan Love looks, even against the Vikings defense, I just smacked my hand against the table. I, I don't trust Watson one bit, and I love Watson, but it feels like Love's holding him back. Jaden Reed scored one of the coolest touchdowns of all time on Sunday with the ball bouncing directly off of Dobbs' hands. It was like a fucking volleyball play, and it landed perfectly in the midst of Reed. It was cool. It was fun. It was a highlight you'll probably see at the end of the season, but uh, Jaden Reed's a sit. Romeo Dobbs finished well on Sunday due to a touchdown, but again, I just can't start a Packers wide receiver right now with how down bad Jordan Love looks. Now, I hope he gets out the schlump because I think Christian Watson is an excellent receiver, but right now, again, I just don't trust it. Even against a Vikings defense that I don't view to be that good. I know they looked like the fucking 85 Bears against the Big Cock Brock-led 49ers offense, but I don't think that's going to be the case going forward. Jordan Addison Ray, I want a bad bitch. Jordan Addison Ray was balling last night. Wide receiver one. Bro went crazy. Seven receptions on 123 yards and two touchdowns. Three straight games with at least one touchdown. Now, he did get banged up during the game. It doesn't appear to be serious. They're saying it's cramps, so I wouldn't worry too much, but definitely something to monitor as the week goes along. KJ Osborne, man's just like fucking Michael Gallup. He, he has stone hands. If this was a better matchup, like, I don't think the Packers are the best defense in the NFL, but they're good enough to where I don't love Osborne here. And if it was a better matchup, like say they're playing the Cardinals, I would start KJ Osborne. Now, Brandon Powell played just about as good as he could possibly ever play against the Niners. He was the wide receiver 34, but I just don't think he's going to end up doing that again. Next up, we got the Hotlanta Falcons and a stooge Arthur Smith at the Atlanta Titans, the Tennessee Titans coming off the bye. Now, the Titans are a team that are most likely not going to have Tannehill and the quarterback situation is very up in the air. Could be Willis, could be Levis. I read that was going to be Levis, but again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that is 100% a fact because it hasn't came out yet. Until Vrabel goes out there and says it, then I'm not going to just be like, oh my gosh, it's guaranteed to be Levis because it's not. With the quarterback situation being like this, even up against a pretty eh Falcons defense, like, Pretty middle of the road, maybe upper, not upper middle of the road, but like not that bad of a defense. I don't want to start D-Hop because I don't trust Levis or Willis at all. Like not, not even in the slightest. So Burks has been out since week three. He practiced last week during the bye. That's all great. I have full confidence that he's going to play. But again, with the quarterback situation, I have zero confidence that he will actually produce nick westbrook e Kain has been the wide receiver too without burks but with burks back this is a guy that shouldn't even be rostered for the atlanta falcons drake london hopefully he doesn't get a migraine before the game that the team won't report titans pass defense is really bad really 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 bad and even i think i could go out there and catch a pass against him he has played, London has played quite well over the last three games, so I will continue to roll him out. Now, again, Ritter went from throwing a million interceptions last week. He was just fumbling the ball a gazillion times. 
But even though Ritter's not that great, again, you don't need Mahomes or, like, Tom Brady or something to, to beat this Titans defense, right? So Ritter's going to feed London enough for him to be good. Mac Hollins, to me, Ritter really only throws the ball to London and Janu Smith and Kyle Pitts. So you can't start any of the other receivers. Van Jefferson's one of those guys that's like the big play receiver, the speedy receiver, that I'm calling it one game this season. This man's going to get like a top five finish at receiver. He's going to get like four targets, two catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. But you're never really going to know when that's actually going to happen. And again, you can't trust Desmond Ritter. Next up, we got the New Orleans Saints at the Indianapolis Colts. Here, we got a team that lost because of a drop from Foster Murrow. In reality, that's not really why they lost. They lost because Derek Carr's not that good. And the Colts got butt-fucked by the refs. Chris Olave was arrested last night for reckless driving and should be out of custody soon. And if he's not out soon, he's probably out now as we speak. Just haven't seen anything yet to confirm that. Apparently, if you play with Derek Carr long enough, you turn into a fucking NASCAR driver. Derek Carr absolutely reeks to high heaven. But he is good enough to know, hey, let's just throw the ball to Olave 10 plus times. He has been a top 24 receiver in back-to-back weeks. And assuming he doesn't get suspended by the league or something, which I don't think will actually happen, this could be a barn burner. Gardner Minshew versus Derek Carr. This could be a higher scoring game. And that could lead to the best game for Olave this season. Michael Thomas, I'll give him his credit, had a good game last week against Jacksonville, scored that touchdown. But with Derek Carr, the touchdowns are far and few in between, right? This isn't something that's going to be happening at a regular basis. And while I was a big fan of Michael Thomas entering into the season, I just don't think you could start him. I'm Shahid. Rashid Shahid is one of those guys that we just kind of talked about when we were talking about the Falcons receiver Van Jefferson, formerly of the Rams, who every once in a while, the guy's just going to go nuclear, right? We haven't seen it in a while, but bound to happen eventually but again you can't really trust it at all again with with Derek Carr if you have enjoyed today's video thus far want to keep going obviously hit that like button hit that subscribe button down below if you are new for the Colts Josh Downs was the wide receiver for last week and Gardner Minshew loves to throw this guy the ball now he is a low tier start so there are some players that I want to talk about later that are kind of on the fringe of being sits right they're just barely sits right you could make the argument to start him Josh Downs would be one of those guys that like you might want to nix potentially off and again the Saints defense is good enough to like maybe fluster Minshew enough for, for Downs to kind of potentially shit the bed Michael Pittman Jr. has had back-to-back weeks inside the top 16 I'm gonna give Gardner some credit though he's been cooking and the, the, I gave the Saints defense some credit but they haven't looked as good as I thought that they would be. I'm definitely more confident in Michael Pittman compared to Josh Downs. Alec Pierce with Downs and Pittman popping off at the party. It's just led to Pierce being just relegated into irrelevancy. Next up, we move to the Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. A must-win game for the Dolphins. Dolphins offensive line is banged up, beaten, and battered. Win on the IR. Probably no Connor Williams. We're going to have to deal with the Eichenberg Express yet again. And no Teron Armstead. But I'm not an excuse guy. And as a Dolphins fan, we need to go in there and fucking flip the tables over, run shit here. We need to beat down the Patriots. Tyreek Hill has been a top three receiver in three straight games. This motherfucker, I try not to curse so much, but he's that good. He almost has a thousand receiving yards already. And it's week 
by the end of this game, he might be over 1,000 yards. He did have a down spot against the Patriots last time out, but that was a much more pumped-out chest version of the Patriots' defense, right? They're, they're hurt. Tyreek's a must-start every week. I think he looks way better than he looked against the Patriots the first time these two teams played on Sunday Night Football earlier on in the season. Jalen waddled away, waddle, waddle, till the very next day, got banged up up against the Eagles, and is dealing with some back issues. But that should not be an issue for this week's game. Now, he didn't play the best against the Eagles, but again, he missed part of the game. He was banged up, clearly. So I'm not gonna just throw stones and get pissed off about Waddle. He has looked much better these last three games compared to the start of the season. So I got to play Waddle in this spot. And soon enough, Waddle's just going to have that gigundous game where he takes a deuce on your opponent's chest. Braxton Berrios. Now they've got Cedric Wilson, Robbie Anderson, Chase Claypool, all guys that could be out there any given Sunday. So Berrios was never even start-worthy when they didn't have Chase Claypool. But now with the other guys that are just going to mix in, it's really just not worth it to start Braxton Berrios. For the Patriots, Kendrick Bourne has been on fire over the last two games. Well, I feel like Mac Jones will come back down to earth, and I think the Dolphins' defense really showed out against the Eagles. Mac Jones is really the reason why I would not start him. But, and this is a big but, shout out Violet Myers. You could argue to start him over some of the lower tier start guys like Josh Downs. Devontae Parker hasn't done anything this season. I'll mention his name. He's a sit. Demario Douglas. His brother is Luigi. That was such a shitty joke. Douglas looked good last week. But again, with Mac Jones under center, this offense being so hot and cold, icy hot like a Shaq commercial, I just simply cannot trust him. Next up, we move to the Battle of New Jersey. The New York Jumbo Jets at the New York football giants in MetLife. A true home game for both teams. Probably going to be 50-50 split crowd. Probably more Jets fans, you would think, though, because the Jets are just a better team. But you never know. The Giants do have a rabid fan base. But before we break down this game and the rest of the wide receiver starter sit decisions, again, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, whether you are new to the channel or not. But I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys today that we're going to be talking about in just a couple of seconds. And Underdog is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe. And we're going to be talking about that offer that I mentioned very, very soon. So first, I'm going to explain how the Underdog Pick'em game works. So you have to pick at least one player from two different teams. You could do all Thursday night football. You do Thursday and Sunday night football. Thursday and Monday night football. Just Sunday, just Thursday. But you got to remember that you need to have at least one player on each team. And you can even do NFL and NBA together. So we are going to mix Thursday Night Football with some of the Sunday games. We're going to go with James Cook higher than 55 and a half rushing yards. I think the Bills have a better showing and James Cook has looked pretty good this season. And we are going to match that with Travis Etienne higher than 67 and a half receiving yards. Now, if both of these picks hit, we will get three times our entry fee. If we do three picks, it's six times. Four picks is 10 times. And five picks is 20 times your entry fee. Now, if you are new to Underdog Fantasy and live in one of these states on your screen right now, you will get a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. So if you use promo code Notorious or click on the link in the video description, if you deposit $100, they give you an additional $100, 50 additional $50, $25 additional $25. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Back on into things, Jets at Giants. Now, the, the Giants are just, just very confusing. Tyrod might be the starter, Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod, whatever you want to call him. I think, I think he, a couple years ago, he said his name was Tyrod, which is why I call him that. Could be Danny Dimes. I don't think it matters against the Jets defense. Like, Wandale went from getting force-fed the Rock against the Bills to just two targets against the Commanders in a game where the Giants offense actually didn't look that bad. I don't know what to think about Wandale, but against that Jets defense, you're certainly not starting him. Like, the backups of the Jets defense locked up Jalen Hurts. So what do you think they're going to do against Daniel Jones or Terod Taylor? Darius Slayton, these Giants receivers are just too inconsistent to trust again against the Jets defense. I get A.J. Brown had a good game against the Jets defense, but it's night and day between A.J. Brown and like Wandale Robinson, Darius Slayton, and Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt to me looks like he will develop into a big play wide receiver in the NFL level, but again against the Jets, I'm just not taking that shot. So sit all the G-men receivers for the Jets, Garrett Wilson is the guy that I would start. Wide receiver 16 prior to the bye week against the Eagles. Much better spot here against the Giants. He is, to me, though, more of a fringe start because Zach Wilson is so inconsistent, but he should get enough volume to be start-worthy. So even if he doesn't, you know, hit that high point total like we would like, he should still be fine again against the Giants' defense. Next up, we move to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers now. I know what people might be thinking, Nick. Nick, do I cut Calvin Ridley? Nick, Calvin Ridley just bit me over the table without a use of lube. Nick, I can't take it anymore with Calvin Ridley. And I get it. I was a Calvin Ridley truther in the offseason. I was singing the Calvin Ridley fucking gospel all offseason. I looked so right at the beginning of the season. Then there's parts where I've looked wrong. There's parts where he's looked good. He has just been very inconsistent. Very unpredictable. For me, he is too talented to sit. But he's not going to be ranked very highly in my rankings this week, right? I could talk about how he's he's too good to sit, but at the same time, I can't just rank him as like a top 12 guy. Well, I think he has that upside. He has the upside to be the number one receiver against the Steelers offense. I just don't feel confident enough in him to, to rank him highly. Now, Christian Kirk, he's been like the polar opposite outside that week one game he's been uber consistent since week two going to be start worthy every single week especially with ridley seeming to have just plowed lawrence's wife or something because he's just not getting the rock and jamal agnew who's a sit was getting more targets than calvin ridley zay jones may play me not play if zay jones plays he'd be a sit but he'd be the number three receiver. If he doesn't play, it's going to be Jamal Agnew. Now, for the Steelers coming out the bye, they did look pretty good against the Rams. George Pickens had back-to-back -back big games with over 100 yards. And to me, it actually looks like he's going to play a little bit better with more space on the field given to him from Deontay Johnson. Now, something that I thought was really funny, they mentioned it on part of my take, Big Cat PFT, so I don't want to just steal their joke and say it as if it's my own. But it is hilarious that George Pickens' name is George. He does not play, like George in my head, you think of like Curious George. You think of like your accountant, his name's George, right? You don't think about some crazy motherfucker like his name was Ice Cube on the NFL field like George Pickens. And it's just hilarious to, to think about that. He's like the least George George ever. And again, I heard that from part of my take. That's their thought. So I'm not trying to steal their joke. I'm just reciting it again because I thought it was funny, okay? So I'm just, 
IMLA cited their joke, so they, they get all the credit. Deontay Johnson played well as a top 14 receiver. I like Johnson. Pause. This week, but both him and Pickens aren't like the most amazing starts to me up against this Jacksonville Jaguars defense. I just realized that my hoodie this whole time only had one string hanging down. Allen Robinson with Deontay Johnson back. Robinson will not see very many targets, so you got to sit him. So I'm starting Kirk with supreme confidence. Calvin Ridley's just playing in my lineup because he's so good. Like you kind of just have to play him, but I am worried. Jamal Agnew, clear sit. Pickens, Deontay Johnson, they're like decent plays, like not guys that I'm banging the drum for, but I would start. And then I just realized I had Jahan Dotson on the graphic, so I apologize. There's always going to be someone like, Nick, you fucked the graphic up somehow, you, you jackass. How, do you, how did you mess that up? Sorry. Uh, it's meant to be Allen Robin song. Next up, we move to Jahan Dotson's game, the Philadelphia Eagles at the left. Hands up. Who are we? The Commanders. A.J. Dillon is on a warpath. Five straight games with over 125 yards, and he has a wet dream matchup against the Commanders. Brown has been going nuclear. I thought last week against the Dolphins, I didn't think Brown would have a bad game by any means. I thought, okay, he's going to cool off slightly, cooled out a little bit, and then we're going to see that big, cool, Devontae Smith game. He's going to flourish. He's going to fly like an eagle fly. Eagles fly. But uh, that doesn't happen. A.J. Brown goes crazy, and Devontae Smith has done basically absolutely nothing over the last three weeks. Just like Calvin Ridley, though, the problem is he's so good that you can't sit him. And again, the matchup is too good to sit him. Next up, we move to the other Philadelphia Eagle. So again, you're starting A.J. Brown. You, you have to play him. I'm worried about Smith, but you also kind of have to play him. Uh, Olamide Zacchaeus is the wide receiver three. They also have Julio, but uh, Julio had like one catch. It was kind of sick to see Julio out there in the Kelly Green jerseys, but let's be honest. We, we know Julio Jones at this point's career is washed now. I hope he has like some big game in the playoffs or something. That would be really cool because I've always been a huge Julio Jones fan. I think most football fans are. That guy was one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL for a while in the 2010s. He's amazing, but at, he was amazing. At this point in his career, it's kind of just, it's Jover, as the kids would say. For the Commanders... Even with Sam Howell looking completely limp dick last week, we saw McLaurin get it done. He is a he was a top 14 receiver against the Eagles earlier in the season in Philly. Now, I don't love this spot, and I won't claim to love this spot, but I do feel confident enough in McLaurin based upon what we have seen recently. So A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, McLaurin are starts. The other guys are sits. So Curtis Samuel, I said last week that eventually that luck's going to run out. I told you guys to start him last week because, again, when a guy is as on fire as Curtis Samuel, you don't want to put the fire out. You know, you don't want to just stop, drop, and roll and just sit him. You just start him, okay? It is what it is. He was on fire three games in a row. You start him, and you're going to take your licks, right? He's either going to go crazy or he's going to suck ass. And the luck ran out was exactly what happened, right? He needed that, what was that called? The, the pot of gold underneath the rainbow, right? He needed the fucking bowl of lucky charms to, to do it again he didn't do it on sunday in metlife but now that he's running cold I, I just sit him like it's really that simple when a guy's on fire you just keep starting him if they cool off you sit him right Jahan dodson dodson did look good on sunday but it didn't really turn into a huge day for fantasy he has only had one game inside the top 30 this season honestly he shouldn't be rostered i was a huge Jahan dodson guy in the offseason he is a first round nfl draft pick i still think he's good but he he's shown nothing this season to be worthy of being rostered definitely not worthy of being started next up we got the houston texans at the carolina panthers Adam Thielen, just like A.J. Brown, Thielen's been on a warpath. This man is on fire! 
like my name is Adele. In his last five games, he's been a top 20 receiver every single week with three games, trace games, inside of the top four. Straight up dominant like Joey Chestnuts in the hot dog eating contest. Adam Thielen, crazy enough in the year 2023, with the Panthers no less, is a must-start receiver. Now, the other Panthers, they've got DJ Chark, baby Chark, and Jonathan Mingo. Now, with Thielen getting so many targets, Mingo and Chark are impossible to start. Now, I think we've already seen it this season. Like, one of them is going to pop off, right? A nice champagne bottle. But you're never going to really know when it's going to happen, so you can't start him. Nico Cousin, let's go bowling. Nico Collins is a start. Now, he's been a tad cold, a bit lukewarm over the last two games. But coming out the bye against a putrid, you smell it. You can smell the Panthers defense through the screen. Against that bad Panthers D, I think this should be a great spot for Nico Collins. Again, coming out the bye. Tank Dell missed week six prior to the bye with a concussion, but I assume he is going to be out there on Sunday. He is another guy that is on the brink of being a start, but just missed the cut. Huge upside, but there's not a guarantee in this offense that the targets are going to come his way, especially with how Dalton Schultz has kind of sprouted like a beautiful butterfly. As of recently, Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, the other Texans receiver, with Tell, with Tell, with Dell, the computer man back, I don't think Woods will see enough targets to even be considered worthy of a start. Next up, we got the Cleveland Browns at the Seattle Seahawks. No idea what's wrong with Deshaun Watson. Maybe his his pussy hurts like that Kevin Hart joke. Oh, my pussy hurts. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that. That's like a, a joke from Kevin Hart. Another joke I've stolen. I'm like, oh, who's that female comedian that steals jokes? Can't even think about it. I, I'm not, like, I can't think about it. I don't know. I, I don't remember. Was it... I don't even want to guess because then people will be like, Nick, you fucking idiot. It's the wrong female comedian, you cocksucker. Right? So, just going to let that joke die. Like Watson's potential NFL career because I don't know what the hell he's doing. I don't even know if he's going to start on Sunday. Mari Cooper had eight targets last week, but it didn't turn into anything. With Watson shit in the bed and potentially missing again, Cooper enters the range of the wide receiver. That is so talented that you have to start him. But it feels so gross that he can't be ranked highly. He's like, he's like Devontae Smith. He's like Calvin Ridley, where y- you start him, but do you really want to? Right? But the matchup's decent against Seattle. Other Browns receivers, Elijah Moore looked solid last week, but I've been kind of talking about this all season. Until he shows consistency, I'm not really rolling with him. DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, once more arrived, the kind of outcome of the season was was already aligned, right? We already knew what was going to happen. DPJ becomes one of those Shahid guys where they randomly have a huge game, but since he can't hold on to the rock to save his life, that seems like an out-of-the-ordinary occasion, like if DPJ just goes nuclear on Sunday against Seattle. With that said, Seattle, Metcalf missed last week with a hip and rib injury. We needed... Adam to give him his rib so that he could ball out here. If he plays this week, his upside is there, but I would definitely lower him down the rankings due to the matchup against the Browns. I know Nick Gardner Minshew balled against the Browns defense. I'll say that's a fluke. Like the Browns to me have one of the best defenses in the NFL with, in my opinion, the best defensive player in the NFL, Miles Garrett. Tyler Lockett in my pocket. Skirt. 
did play, but was outside, outshined by JSN against the Cardinals. Just like I said with Metcalf, Lockett is a start, but I don't have enough confidence in him to rank him super highly in this matchup. Also, Lockett has been... He's, he's like Kittle. Hit or miss all season. His great games are the greatest of games, let me tell you. That was a bad Trump impression. But the bad games are the really bad games. The type of games where your team gets bent over a table. But Lockett, Metcalf, both starts. JSN looked really good. I'll give him a round of applause. Finally, the team uses their first round draft pick. Problem is, with Metcalf back, it feels like JSN's getting cucked out of targets. Also, shout out to my man, Bobo, the other receiver on the Seahawks, who made one of the catches of the year. We talked about how fun that Packers catch was, right? Dobbs with the assist to Reed. Jake Bobo looked like fucking Odell in the end zone. Next up, we move to the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos, this time without their superpower. Taylor Swift, her and Brittany Mahomes were hitting these crazy dances in, in the box. Nothing, and uh, Jackson Mahomes was in Taylor's box last week, which was crazy to see that. That was funny, right? But it was funny to see that Jackson Smith... Jackson Mahomes made it into that box. I thought that he was, like, exiled from, from the games. With that said, none of that matters. We got the actual game to break down. Portland Sutton. Even if you want to say that Russ doesn't look great, and again, I'm not here to tell you that Russ looks amazing. He doesn't look bad. But he continues to hit Sutton game in and game out. Sutton was the wide receiver eight last week against the Packers and has scored in back-to-back games. He looks solid against the Chiefs back in week six. It's odd. It really is, but I am oddly confident in Sutton. I'm more confident in Sutton than I am in Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. That might sound crazy, but it's true. True. It's true. Uh, Canarius, Tony, for the Chiefs, to me, Rice is really the only guy you can start. There is going to be a ton of inconsistency coming out of the Chiefs wide receiver room because of how much Mahomes spreads the ball out. But Rice has been at least somewhat consistent enough over the last couple of games to where I would start him. I'm nervous about him every week because, again, you get the ball, you get the ball, you all get the ball. Pat Mahomes is like Oprah Winfrey, but I, I, I still like Rashi Rice, but that makes Tony, Sky Moore, all these other ancillary options, MVS, guys that you cannot start. The other receivers in this game, so I'm starting Rashi Rice again with just, just an ounce of confidence, but again, he's been looking good enough for my confidence to definitely be a little bit higher. You're starting Cortland Sutton, but then, then you get to the other Broncos guys, like Judy. He, he looked decent last week. He's on the trade block. He's going to get traded, I would think. Trade block, trade deadline's coming up soon. But with Russ feeding Sutton and with the KC defense looking sharper and sharper, it just seems like Judy, you can't start him unless he gets moved to a different team. Marvin Mims, Sean Payton needs to give this guy more snaps. But he never will. Two targets over the last three games is terrible. He is being completely screwed. He's being spit-roasted by the organization. Next up, we move to the Baltimore Ravens at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I know what some of you guys might be thinking. Nick, you have Hollywood Brown listed as a sit. How could you sit Hollywood Brown? Josh Dobbs just looks so bad for me that I can't even start Hollywood Brown against the Ravens, whose defense came alive like a zombie last week. 
Brown has been outside the top 45 receivers in two straight weeks. Now I get he's looked good this season. Once Kyler returns, Hollywood's going back in the lineups. But Josh Dobbs, it was like, oh, look at Dobbs. Look how frisky this guy is. Look how fun the Cardinals are. For like a few games. And then all that hype dies down. Like, Josh Dobbs, if you wanted to earn like a great contract next year, was probably just hoping Kyler would have came back like two weeks ago before the Dobbs insanity run ran out. So Bateman's a sit, not Bateman. Hollywood Brown is a sit for the Cardinals. So are the other receivers for the Cardinals, right? Rondell Moore, Michael Wilson. If you can't start Hollywood, you certainly cannot start Rondell or Michael Wilson. For the Ravens, Zay Flowers. The, the Ravens appear to be a certified wagon right now. And Flowers has been consistent. Love his upside here up against a Dick Cheese Cardinals defense. So, so you got to fire him up with confidence. Odell hop back into the time machine. Marty McFly style. And and looked good last week against the Lions. While I'm partially kidding about how he looked like incredible, he didn't. He didn't look like the old Odell reach back like 1-3, like the Drake lyric, right? But I haven't seen enough, even against Arizona, to want to start Odell. Sean Master Bateman has seen three targets every single week of the season that he has played, but he has done nothing with it, so he's not start-worthy. The only receiver I'm starting in this game is Zay Flowers. Next up, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the San Francisco 49ers. We talked about a insanity run. Is Brock Purdy finished? After that Browns disaster class two weeks ago, you go up against the Vikings in Minnesota, and you let primetime Kirk Thuggins beat you? And it really was on Purdy. Nick Tebow wasn't there. I get it, but McCaffrey's there. You got Ayuk. You got Kittle. You got the weapons at your disposal. And he shit the bed, especially in the clutch at the end of the game. Now, do I think Purdy's finished? No. But I start to worry a little bit. Ayuk has had three pretty and games in a row. Debo's health is still not confirmed. Brock Purdy does scare me, but against the Bengals, I'm going to keep rocking with Ayuk. Debo, got to monitor his health. I am concerned. Concerned because even if he does play with that shoulder injury that he has missed the last two weeks with, that could limit him. Limited him. Um, limit him. And he might be a decoy. Might be a clone. So kind of a little bit worried about Debo. Dwan Jennings. This man had nine targets on Sunday, but will never be a player that I would start, even if he is fun to watch. For the Bungles, the Bungles coming out the bye. Jamar Chase was down bad against the Seahawks prior to the bye week, but he gets far too many targets. He's open like 7-Eleven Waffle House all the time. So he's, he, You can't sit him. And the 49ers defense might have some, some chinks, some holes in their armor. So maybe the 40 and, and they're a little bit banged up. So, so maybe coming out the bye week, I, I'm hoping this is the best the team looks. And let's be honest about Higgins. Let's have a conversation. He has been a bust. A colossal bust. Like when you haven't cranked one out in a week and then you finally let it go and it's just it's going everywhere. It's everywhere. That's that's what Higgins has been. A huge bust. Like fucking Peyton Manning's Hall of Fame bust. Just huge. But for me, I just feel like coming out the bye, the team's got to look better. Higgins should be getting the ball. I don't feel very confident in him, but I'd start him. Definitely starting Jabbar Chase. Definitely starting Ayuk. 
And then Tyler, yeah, Boyd showed up against the Seahawks with the wide receiver 17, but with Chase and Higgins healthy, it is not worth taking that shot on Boyd. Next up, we got the Chicago Bears at the LA Chargers for you waited all day for Sunday night. Tyson Bagjet at Justin Herbert the pervert. Justin Herbert is not clutch at all. Justin Herbert, everyone talks about how clutch he is. Where's that clutch gene against the Dolphins? Where was it against? Who else did he choke against? Choked against the Chiefs. He choked the week prior against Dallas. Where is that clutch gene that everyone keeps talking about? It's not there. Not there. Now, again, I'm not here to just dance on the grave of Herbert, hit the fucking gritty like my name was Mike Gasicki, or, or even say that he's like a bad quarterback because he's not. Right? Like, so many teams would suck on a fat schlong to get Justin Herbert as their starting quarterback. But with how these Herbert fans are gawking on his his Johnson, he's not clutch. He's not. But you don't need to be clutch against the Bears. Um, Keenan Allen down game last week against the Chiefs, but there's really no need to panic in a clear bounce-back spot against a shit Bears defense. Nick, the Bears defense looked great against Brian Hoyer last week. Well, Brian Hoyer sucks donkey cock. Joshua Palmer, while... Allen struggled last week. Palmer actually played really good. 130 yards and five catches. I don't think he'll do it again this week, but it's certainly possible against the Bears. Quentin Johnston, this man has gotten two to- uh, two targets in back-to-back games coming out the bye. You would think coming out the bye, you would try to scheme up some plays for the guy you drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. For a guy that a lot of people really like, myself included, Brandon Staley is, is a buffoon. He's an idiot. Um, with that said, yeah, you're starting Allen, you're sitting, you're sitting Johnston, you're playing Palmer. For the, for the Bears, DJ Moore's a start. Now, last week, I, I said this, the upside of Moore is hurt by Fields not being there, but Baygent should be good enough to throw him the ball a bunch. Now, will that result in a top of the charts, back in your heart type of game? Where it's like a top three receiver? Probably not, right? Last week against... The Raiders, he was the wide receiver, 21. But maybe if Foreman gives one of those touches to Moore up against a not-so-great Chargers defense, I I think Moore should still have a decent game, so I would start him. Darnell, here comes the Mooney! Even with Bajant not looking half bad and the matchup being solid against LA, I would just stay clear away from the other Bears receivers not named. Wiki-wiki! DJ Moore, and that includes Tyler Scott. Next up, we move to the final game here, the loss Vegas Raiders at the Detroit Lions. The Viva Las Vegas Raiders. Now, Devontae Adams has had three, this Monday Night Football, three, obviously, because it came after Sunday Night Football, three straight down games in a row. But I will note last week, Chicago wasn't as bad as I thought they would be. Wide receiver 25 with 12 targets, seven receptions, and 57 yards. Again, nothing to write home about, right? Like your, uh, what is that, that old meme, like Sergeant Luck or whatever, where he's like back in the Civil War writing to his mom. If, if anyone gets that, that's like an old school joke. I don't know what his name was, it was like Captain Luck, whatever it was. I'm not really worried about Adams. I just, just got to hope Jimmy, Jimmy G spot, Jimmy Guap plays. Jacoby Myers has had three straight games inside the top 14. Not the best matchup here, but he has played so well. You just got to keep rolling him out there. Ray Tucker, you don't want to be playing the wide receiver three out of the Raiders. And it's telling that I'm listing Tucker as the number three receiver over Hunter Renfro. What, what is happening to him? He's just irrelevant. Amon Ross St. Brown, despite the Lions getting absolutely spanked 
The Sun God had 13 receptions for over 100 yards, back-to-back games inside the top six, clear bounce-back spot for the Lions, and a great spot for St. Brown against the Raiders. For Josh Reynolds and Jamison Williams, they're both sits for me. With Jamison Williams back, Reynolds' target share has dipped mightily, and that leaves Josh Reynolds on the bench. Jamison Williams, six targets for a grand total of zero receptions, but things are looking positive for a potential Huge down the stretch end of the season for Jamison Williams. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't enjoy today's video, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow, follow me on Twitter. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you want to check out my Patreon for an answer to any of the questions you guys may have, as well as my weekly rankings. I post those on there for $7.50 a month. I love you guys all so much. Hope you all have a great rest of your guys' day. And as always, good.